0: South Korea barely made the top 20 in a new Best Countries ranking by U.S. News and World Report, based on the opinions of more than 16,000 people from around the world. I spoke with the executive editor of U.S. News and World Report about his company's first attempt to rank the world's top 60 countries through 65 different attributes.
1: My name is Tim Smart, and I oversee the news and opinion uh, operation we're known uh, in the United States and frankly, other parts of the world for our best colleges rankings and our best hospitals rankings. So we do a lot of the traditional news coverage, but we also do these huge rankings of various institutions which are oriented towards consumers, but also are, are followed very closely by the respective industries. But this is the first one we've done of its kind. We partnered with two other entities a consulting firm out of New York called Brand Asset Value, B-A-V, and Wharton School, which is the school of business the, uh, at the University of Pennsylvania, very you know well regarded. And what we did was we put out a survey to more than 16,000 people. We did this in the middle of last year. The people were all over the globe and represented uh, people in 36 different countries and essentially, we asked in the survey them to state their perceptions of countries based on various attributes. There were 65 different attributes, but the kinds of attributes that they related to things like, did you consider the country to have an open government? Was it a transparent country? Was it a country that was favorable to do business? Was it a country that treated, uh, you had gender equality? And many, many more questions. Was it a country you traveled to? Would you consider going there for a medical procedure? And essentially, what we got was was a series of perceptions that ultimately were collected, and we weighted those against common uh, economic measures like mainly GDP and how those kinds of attributes were predictive of GDP so that we ultimately came up with a ranking that really reflected how these countries were perceived around the world, but also that how that would ultimately affect their performance going forward.
0: I also spoke with a representative of the consulting firm that worked on the ranking. They gave the number one spot to Germany, followed by number two Canada, the United Kingdom at number three, and the United States at number four.
2: My name is Anna Blender, and I'm a senior vice president BB Consulting. And we do a study globally um, that's uh, what we call syndicated. So it's a very standard for the last 25 years that in the United States, for example, you know, we study 3,500 brands. Um, You know, we did a study in Korea last time in 2012, uh, about a thousand Korean brands. And as part of that for the last 20 years, we've been studying countries as brands. And we found very interesting patterns where, Uh, Brand equity of countries actually correlated very highly with GDP, as well as other key metrics like foreign direct investment and tourism. So we thought, you know, this is such an interesting concept to study by itself. Why don't we delve into it deeper? So to begin with, we created selection criteria for the countries. Um, Meaning that, you know, they met these certain minimum criteria, they would make it in. And ultimately, we came up with these 60. So even the ones that are at the bottom 60, um, you know, you could say, oh, they're, you know, they're the worst, you know, not the best. But the truth is that they already came through a vetting process that, you know, even emerging as the top 60 says something about the country. Um, But, you know, we we do see Nordic countries really rise to the top. You know, we've got Denmark, Netherlands, and Sweden all in the top 10. Right, um, and and of course, you know Germany just does really well across the board. You know, especially known as a place for innovation, entrepreneurship, and um, global citizenship. You know, with Angela Merkel's leadership, um, especially in the last couple of years, and some of the crises that Europe has been facing, that um, that has really helped Germany. And you know, doing so in a very empathetic way, but also with you know. Great intellect and a still a focus on driving great economic prosperity for for its people.
0: South Korea made the top twenty at number nineteen, and I asked Tim Smart of U.S. News and World Report to explain how the ROK earned that spot.
1: While I think the there is a perception that having the strongest economy or having the strongest military historically has ranked countries very high. Um, Frankly, what's happening now we've, we're seeing is that people perceive other other attributes in countries. They they want countries that are more progressive, that have more income equality, which was a huge boost to Canada and perhaps a little bit of a detriment to the United States. Um, having just a really strong military and being sort of the, the big boy on the block, if you will, isn't necessarily so appealing. So countries that were more cultural heritage did reasonably well, Um, and then South Korea's score's highest ranking came in power. Number 10 in power. It is considered a power in Asia, and it does have a strong military. It also did very well, number 12, on entrepreneurship. Um, Other attributes that were associated um, with South Korea were, you know, skilled labor force, an innovative country, Technological and expertise, entrepreneurial—it essentially came in, you know, top five in those areas. So I think, I think the business side of South Korea is highly regarded and, and respected around the world. I'm not sure that the sort of cultural um, heritage and sort of history of South Korea is appreciated. You don't think as much, at least I think in the Western world, particularly. Of South Korea in terms of its culture, in terms of its... I mean, its it has nice food and everything, but it's not, it's not like a Spain or an Italy or, or France when it comes to culture, at least perception. And I must emphasize, emphasize that this is perception. And the question is, when does reality catch up with perception or how close reality is to perception? And I think any country on this list, frankly, um, has an opportunity to improve its perception around the world, and and a lot of countries spend a lot of energy, a lot of money on their reputation and their perception. Others don't do as much, and, you know, if you're stuck with a certain perception, it can be changed, probably for the good and probably for the bad.
0: And finally, BAC Consulting Vice President Anna Blender says culture isn't the only area where South Korea can improve its image
2: where the perceptions are not as great are about around bureaucracy and transparency in the government um, and business. So that's something that's kind of hold, holding Korea back from some of its um, potential. We also see that there's a really interesting um, difference in how business decision makers globally versus the general public see um, some of the opportunities in Korea. Business decision makers actually give Korea a lot of credit for providing, you know, access to capital, for example, but the transparency issues, you know, could be holding Korea back. So again, whether this is something that's real or not, it's kind of up to the government to try to create trust and transparency and uh, make sure that it's communicating that um, and implementing policies around that that can help drive um, kind of greater openness and ultimately, you know, break down any barriers that currently exist and I think will help the ranking as well.
0: For KoreaFM.net, I'm Chance Dorland.